0: All right, everybody, it is the QA. It is the May and April edition of the QA because I missed last month. And uh, I definitely got to say, guys, it has been a minute. I, uh, I've i missed this, actually. I missed kind of interacting with everybody. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it, we can kind of go into what's been going on the last couple of months and, and all that stuff here in just a second. But let me just pull up the comment uh, box here real quick and make sure we're doing good. If you guys can go ahead and give me a thumbs up, I have everything looking good on my end as far as audio and video and all that stuff. But if, uh, if something's going on, go ahead and leave a comment down below and I'll see if I can make any adjustments. Now, one of the things that, um, a couple of people have noticed last time is the studio is a little different and, uh, I am going to do a, uh, shop tour and I'm just waiting to be honest for my, my plaque. Uh, we, we uh, we did hit 100k on YouTube, which was a huge milestone for us. Uh, the next milestone that I got my radar on is the 500k on Facebook. We're at like 480 something, and that's been growing really well for us. Which ironically, Facebook was kind of a, a static plateau for a while, but uh, now we're really growing on there as well. Which you know is obviously uh, it's important in this space if you want to be in the social media thing to grow. But anyways. Uh, one of the things I promised you guys was for 100 K on YouTube, we were going to do a shop tour, which I, I still am planning, but I was also going to unveil the plaque, you know, which a lot of other channels have done. And, and YouTube still hasn't sent that to me. So I'm going to follow up with my rep and see, and maybe they won't, I don't know, but I was going to kind of have that as part of the tour where it would go like, you know, on the wall or whatever. But, uh, when I show you guys the tour, the studio used to be over there and uh, I used to have the big patch wall this bench is actually on wheels. I made this and it was over there and, uh, it, it logistically didn't work out for day-to-day life. It was cool for filming. I liked it. But then as I got the side-by-side and other stuff or whatever, uh, basically, you know, this building shop, whatever, uh, also has to serve family life. And it was just kind of a pain to have to pull out a vehicle to get the tractor out to do snow removal or lawn maintenance or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, it, it kind of became a pain. So I had to rearrange and I moved the shop to the back corner. So that way, when I open up an overhead door, I can, you know, simply pull out or whatever, but I definitely did miss, uh, the, the look. So a couple people have commented and uh, we are going to be adding a patch wall. I put a smaller patch wall behind me that I'll have there. I still got the toolbox that you could kind of see in the old setup. And then, uh, this is my little milling machine and stuff too, which I'll probably, you know, add a little bit more lights or whatever. So anyways, uh, we'll see uh, what's going on here. All right, catching up on some comments. Looks like we do have a few people tuned in already, which is great. And it looks like uh, audio and audio and video aren't in sync. I wonder what the deal is with that. But everything should be, should be in there. Let me try that. All right, uh, now we're using echo cancellation mode. Uh, let me know if that helps or not. I'm not sure if it actually makes a big difference. Uh, And then as far as the color, um, on the monitors here, it looks good. But I can certainly play with that a little bit. But anyways, that's what we got going on. So we do have a few questions. Obviously, if you want to see your question on the show and you are uh, missing this, uh, you can go ahead And send an email to the address shown on the screen, or for those listening, wherever you get your podcasts, that is the QA at gunsandtactics.com, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. You can send your questions in via email. We can get them on the show ahead of time. Otherwise, you can catch us live, and I'm going to try to be more consistent with when we're actually doing the show. It used to be the last Monday. Mondays turned into be super hectic for work and everything like that, but definitely going to try to be more consistent, whether it's the last... Friday or the last day of the month or whatever and try to get you guys some notice as well So, uh, my name is dave tim I'm your host and I do appreciate everybody tuning in whether it be live or after the fact or wherever you get your podcasts Like I said, uh, the whole point of this show is to answer questions I just try to share some of my knowledge that i've gained along the way and uh help people out. So Yeah, uh, a bit of yellow orange tint on my monitor um Yeah, weird i'll have to play with it a a little bit because uh I wonder, you know, the only thing I did think of is that I did use the camera outside and, uh, I wonder if I did change the white balance, but I think so because literally all I did was I moved the lights over from that side to this side. Although that fluorescent overhead, uh, or that led is a different color. So I wonder if that might be it too. So I might have to do some rearranging as far as, uh, lights and stuff, but anyways, that's, uh, that's what it is. So yeah. Um, tang and arms, uh, and I, Gosh, I think I pronounced that right. I know we had this conversation. I remember we talked about Tang, but uh, yeah, and some dude in a plaid shirt is blocking. I'm going to put some patches up. You know, I don't know which ones yet. I'm going to move over from the big wall to the little wall, but uh, we are going to put some patches up and hopefully the audio, you know, cancellation or whatever fixed itself. But yeah, and, uh, Croak, uh, super happy you were able to tune in live as well. Always appreciate everybody being here. And oh my gosh, look at Bob Reese. Man, I have not heard from you in a minute. Bob, I always think great thoughts of you. Uh, I still have never forgotten that uh, care package you sent. Man, was it two Christmases ago already? But, anyways, I really do appreciate it. Your kindness and generosity will never be forgotten by me. So, uh, yeah, it has been a long time. I hope all is well with you and uh, all of your loved ones as well. It's been hectic here. The kids are in their last week of school. So, this summer, Now that I'm, I mean, I was working from home last year too, because obviously, well, those of you guys that know and follow, it's been over a year since I left LE to do this kind of stuff full time. And now I'm working in the industry full time. I'll talk more about that maybe a little bit with uh, the new job and and all that stuff, which is what's been keeping me busy. But yeah, always great to hear from you, Bob. Uh, Super appreciate it. Uh, Let's just answer a quick question here. This is from Frank. What muzzle brake would you recommend for a 14 and a half to pin and weld and be compliant? Thanks in advance. Glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back too. Um, I would look at a suppressor mount. So right now I run a lot of dead air cans. They're probably my favorite overall suppressor. The chemo mounting system is right now my favorite mounting system. So I would probably do maybe like a Sons of Liberty Knox, uh, any of the dead air devices. Blackout Defense has some chemo mounts that are awesome, as does Cobalt uh, Kinetics uh, I think there's one more oh, forward controls, you know, any of those chemo mounts is what I would do. And those are going to be plenty long on a 14 and a half. In fact, I can usually pin and weld those on a thirteen nine, maybe a thirteen seven with a shim and get 16. So with a fourteen you you're going to be 16 and some change, you know, not like 16, three quarters ish is what I would say that you'd probably be at for a pin and weld, but that way it gives you the opportunity to add uh, a suppressor or a suppressor that can take a chemo mount, which is a lot of them. So that's what I would personally run if I was uh, pinning and welding. That's pretty much what I'm pinning and welding on all my stuff. I I would show you it to you, but on live streams, we can't show firearms, things like that. I could probably get by with showing a part, but I don't want to make the social media gods mad at me. So there is that. Uh, that is a great question. Absolutely a great question. Before I answer more questions, I do have to give a shout out to our patron supporters. If you want to support the channel on our Patreon network, you can do so. Search for Guns and Tactics on Patreon. Right now, we did lose some patron supporters, which I'll talk about. But we do have uh, Kevin, who is currently the king of patrons right now at his high-level support. He is at that Action Jackson level. So, Kevin, I, again, thank you for your continued support. And then we also do have our 10 spotters, uh, waguns.org. Dennis B. and Art. And again, thank you very much. We did have a few more, but like I said, we lost some and uh, I take ownership for that. So that, that is how it goes. Now you might be asking, well, why did we lose some? And the reality is we've never had a ton, but I've always said like, once we get about a hundred, then I'll start putting more effort into it. And I think I need to use the field of dreams philosophy. If you build it, they will come. Because the feedback that we've gotten from patron supporters is it wasn't as active as they had hoped or there wasn't much going on or there wasn't as much community interaction. So it's tough for me to say, like, go support me on Patreon when I really wasn't doing a whole lot there. So I'm going to be trying to do more, whether it's even just a quick like behind the scenes thing or uh, I'd like to get to the point where we maybe do our own uh, patron supporter QA only where we just kind of interact and hang out maybe once a month or so, give or take but it all comes down to time, right? You know, and how much time can we actually put forward and, and do all that? So that's kind of the thing with our uh, Patreon. So if you have any feedback on why you do or why you would not support me on Patreon, I'm post it in the comment. Let's talk about it. I I'll, obviously, I just want to make it better and grow because I want to help that support the channel. But, uh, you know, I realize that it needs to be a benefit for people too to support that. Some people are okay with just supporting it like a tip jar, if you will, which speaking of which you can certainly leave some stars on Facebook or, um, you know, obviously do the, uh, the YouTube thing or whatever and do the super thanks, which I should get a notification. So if you want to support me, that's awesome. I'm not going to ever, you know, come out and shake the bucket or the can or whatever, but if you want to support it, you can certainly do that. But yeah, that's a little bit what's going on with Patreon. Uh, all right. So with that, let's answer one of our first email questions. Then I'll get to some of the comments. And it, uh, I hit the wrong button there for a second ago. I don't know what happened. But first question is from Kevin, our number one patron supporter. What are some good leadership techniques that help set up a good or positive example for firearms work, whether it be teaching, legal, or just being a quality person at the range? Some of the advice has to be setting a positive example, but the negative reinforcement can also be used to encourage someone not to be a beep um, during a as a student. The, uh, the way the leader sets the tone can be so powerful. Police officers with good communication skills are A+. plus. Turning a potentially hostile domestic into a peaceful but not perfect. Watching the body cam of Sergeant Carter is a fine symphony of perfection. Uh, I would have to look up which particular incident that is. And I meant to do that before the show, but I kind of got lost track of time. But I agree. Uh, communication skills are are super important. And as far as what good leadership techniques can be done, let's just focus that to the firearms field. Uh, I have this thing that uh, I do instructor development classes, and those of you that have been through my classes or or whatever, uh, you can kind of attest to this. But I often try to keep things simple, like things of three, maybe four, because it's easier to retain kind of adult learning or whatever. But I often say that the best instructors have cred, C R E D, and that's an acronym, and it stands for credibility, rapport experience, and delivery. And uh, what I mean by that is that, number one, you have to have credibility in Some of it's implied, right? When I go travel and and do a class, like they just read my bio, they assume, so there's some implied credibility. But what are you doing ahead of time to establish that credibility? What classes have you been taking? What experiences have you been learning? Whether that's through your career, whether that's through competition, you know, whatever. But you have to start to establish that credibility so people have that respect for you. When you go and you share your knowledge, uh, there is, you know, you have some credibility behind it. And that takes some time. And it's tough to get when you're new, but it can be done. The R is for rapport. You have to establish a rapport with your students. And I always try to find things in common. whether that is a, you know, maybe a sport that they played that I could you know relate to and talk about how we can you know move those skills into the firearms skills, uh, whether it's through humor, whether it's through geography, whether it's through whatever try to develop some rapport. And for me, that's an incredibly important one, especially as I'm traveling because my time is very limited to establish that rapport. But it's just as important to create that kind of that rapport with a student. Uh, Obviously, there comes an experience component. You have to have some experience so that you, you know, that credibility grows. And those two maybe are a little redundant, if you will. But I'm a firm believer in getting out there and doing to gain some experience. And that can be through training, competition, shooting, whatever. Not everybody needs to be an operator who operates operationally because, in fact, some of the best training that I've been through have, haven't been by cops or military people. Now, I've been through some really good training from those people, but I've been through some awesome training. Uh, one of the, I would say one of the best trainers out there right now is Scott Jedlinski from the Modern Samurai Project. Super awesome dude. And he came from, uh, I want to say it was like, mortgage broker type background uh but he was a competition shooter but his communication skills his sincere interest in his students and the guy can shoot so phenomenal trainer uh, phenomenal trainer arguably the busiest trainer on the circuit right now so yeah but uh anyways that's that where was i uh so we had credibility rapport experience oh and delivery obviously work on your delivery skills number one don't be a jerk have the ability to communicate effectively Uh, professionally so you don't have to swear you don't have to belittle and you know Kevin we've you've kind of had some other comments about some of that stuff and I apologize for the experience that you've had down in Illinois because you have some experiences that I have not experienced or have not seen when I travel the country doing LE classes or open classes or whatever I don't generally see some of the stuff that you talk about as far as the uh you know the bad stuff that you're seeing in some of the LE training circles or whatever. So maybe I need to come down to Illinois sometime and do a class or whatever, but uh it would be it would be very interesting. So uh so that is with that part of it. Uh so that delivery. And what I encourage every instructor to do is go to a public speaking class, go to a Toastmasters club, you know, do anything like that to try to improve your ability to speak. Understand that your words matter and people they're gonna call you out on stuff. I uh I joked about the rule of nines. And you know, for a lot of people, they don't know what that is. But I would basically start to do one times nine equals nine, two times nine equals eighteen, and I would go all the way up, and I'd be like, you know, nine times nine equals eighty-one, and ten times nine equals ninety-nine. And then they would like chuckle and you know whatever, and they'd be like, <coughs> I'd be like, what? what? What's what's wrong? They're like, uh, ten times nine. You said ninety-nine. Yeah. And they'd be like, it equals ninety. I'd be like, you're right. That's the rule of nine. I got it right nine times out of ten. And nobody told me, nobody praised me. Nobody said, hey, good job. All you remember is that one time you messed up. And that's what people remember, sadly. So something to think about. So great question, Kevin. Great question. Hopefully that helps, uh, you know, we'll do that. and Maybe we can talk more about that or whatever. So, all right. I got some super thanks coming in. That is pretty awesome. Uh, let me go ahead and give shout outs to those here quick. Uh, no, they're they're here. I swear I saw them. There we go. Uh, so we got one from croak thank you very much ten dollars i appreciate that man and yeah the white balance uh like i said on this monitor it looks okay this monitor it looks a little bit so i'll have to play with the camera setting and the fluorescent lights a little bit uh so yeah it uh, is on there and then obviously uh also appreciate from dustin uh just to one up croak so right now the bids at 11 guys just right now the bids at 11 but I appreciate the sport guys I really really do so and uh looks like croak is appreciating a little good humor there as well all right let's uh let's go back to the comments and make sure we get caught up on those all right we were at all right this is from jr I uh, would like to start reloading my own brass what is a good chamber to start with well, I will be up front with you. The only thing I reload is magazines. And I stole that from Dustin, actually. I don't reload. I did very briefly, man, it's probably been 10 to 15 years ago. It was a long time. And I used a Rock Chucker Supreme and I was reloading uh bullseye ammunition for pistol competition and 308 single stage. So I never got into the progressive stuff, or whatever, uh, time consuming, all that. And, you know, back in the day, ammo was pretty cheap. You know, you could get nine millimeter ammo for 16, 17 cents around. So I didn't really see the appeal in reloading and that kind of thing. And then I was fortunate enough to be sponsored as a competitive shooter. So I had ammo uh, basically you know, provided for me. So I will say that I am outside of my wheelhouse when it comes to reloading, but good calibers to maybe start with would be the staples, nine millimeter, 223, 308, 45, that kind of thing. And obviously whatever you shoot the most, but as far as like which presses dies and all that stuff to recommend, I will be honest, I'm a little out of my element. Uh, so I'd have to do some research. Otherwise, maybe we could see if we can find a good reloading channel or something like that. So, but I do appreciate the question. This one is from Kingdaling. What is your opinion of three to four inch 1911s for EDC? Uh, just trying to stay in line with the pistols I prefer to shoot. Uh, I would totally look at a pistol like that. If you can carry it comfortably, I would personally look at a double stack. So things that come to mind right now, like the Staccato CS, a nice compact gun, and that's a threesome inch barrel good capacity. Uh, magazines so far have been reliable for me. I'll have a video, I don't know, maybe monthish out plus on kind of my first look at a, st- a Staccato CS. Not quite a like 5,000 round review, but I definitely have been enjoying it. Uh, the Kimber gun that was announced at NRA looks very interesting and that's kind of going after that carry market of a double stack gun. It kind of reminded me of a, a Wilson-esque type of gun, but I did a little short on that with Kimber at NRA. So that gun looks pretty cool. Uh, Nighthawk obviously is super expensive, but they make some really, really nice stuff. I just got my first Nighthawk in, which I've done some reels on, uh, which hopefully you guys are following the reels and shorts. Cause that's a good way to kind of see what's kind of coming up with, uh, full videos and things like that. But yeah, I would totally rock one of those, put a dot on it, be good to go. You can even get a slim light appendix rigs, whatever. So I would, uh, I would not hesitate. I just prefer double stacks and pretty much everything I'm buying right now is handgun wise, double stack nine millimeters. So that's kind of where I'm at, but yeah, good, good question. All right. This one is, uh, this is, oh, this is a comment talking about the 14 and a half inch below, uh, often called an A2X. Yeah, just a, basically a longer A2, and then you can pin and weld it. So uh, yeah, definitely works out really good for that. And you know, A2 is a, still a solid muzzle device. Truth be told, A a lot of people don't really give it as much credit as I think it deserves, but the A2 works really well. So yeah, you can get an extended version of that, which would make that uh 14 and a half inch, uh, be good. Uh, Dita D- Dustin, anything special in the Tumblr? You know, I wish there was today, which speaking of which got to give a shout out to Yeti. I'll put a link in the show notes below, uh, where you can click on it. And I get a little bit of kickback from Yeti, um, but they came out with this limited edition canopy green and I love it. Like it's literally, you guys know that this is my favorite color, but right now I just got coffee and not even with a kick. It should though. They should have, I, I enjoy coffee with kick occasionally, but I got some more Yeti stuff. And if you guys, uh, if you guys click on the link that I'll put in there, it does. Like I said, we get a little bit of, um, affiliate help with that. So we always do appreciate the support. All right. What is the best? set of auto ear pro to mount to a helmet uh right now their range sas are great if you wanted to stick with auto i will be up front um one pair of my autos finally died but that's after like four solid years of use like full-time s use outside in the rain in the winter summer travel tsa you know all that other stuff Uh, that's the range SAs, and those were non-com but they did finally die. I sent them in and unfortunately they, they were like, yep, they're out of warranty. We'll send them back. And I was like, well, can you fix them? Can you do anything? Yeah, they're out of warranty. Done. And they just literally returned them. So, okay. It is what it is. And I get it. Uh, they're about, you know, 400 some bucks, whatever new. So I'm okay with that. I've killed other ones as well. So I'm not like saying that, you know, the auto is bad because I've killed a lot of earpro pro over the years. And I really do like the sound quality of the auto. I still stand behind that. That's a great headset, but nothing lasts forever, right? Uh, but I'm going to try something different because the auto was a little bit big and bulky compared to some of the other stuff out there. So I don't know. I'm going to look at maybe some of the newer Sorge and stuff. Uh, the Ops Core stuff is obviously super high end and looks really nice, but it's expensive. And then there was, um, man, there's another company that I was going to reach out to that I met at a TAC show. And I can't remember what the heck their brand was, but they, uh, they carry an ear pro that their shells are made by sword and, but their guts are, are their own. Um, so I was going to check out that, uh, you know, and kind of see what, what options, you know, to kind of see if there's any other ear pro that's working out good, uh, for in ear, ironically, uh, I just got a set of these to play with. They're from a company called ear tune, uh, and the E is like a three, and these are like $100, and they sound pretty solid for $100. Now, are they as nice as the $400 auto in-ears? No, but for $100, they come with a little case or whatever. I'll probably do more of a first-look video on these. But these kind of surprised me for uh, for for $100 set of in-ear electronic ear pro. So that's that's that. I know you're, that wasn't your question. But uh, range essays for auto. Otherwise, uh, don't be afraid to look at some of the high-end. You know, Uh, I've had really good experience with. Opscore, super nice. And then, um, man, I wish I could remember the brand. It'll come to me here. Maybe I'll try to look it up later if we have a lull. All right. Uh, yes. And croak just got the forward controls. Yep. Uh, I, I have one of the forward controls. Uh, is that the, which one was that? Is that the KM KM 15 or whatever? It kind of looks like an A two. Is that the one you're talking about where it has the chemo mount, but then it looks like an A two on it. Cause I have one of those as well. And I agree. That's a great muzzle device as well, but I might be, i know they have a new one out and i i have one of their forward controls ones like the single port comp but i i always get their nomenclature mixed up or whatever but yeah forward controls devices are are very good as well and they do a really good job at flash suppression as well uh yeah let's see here and this is from lacours 517 does i pronounce that right or is it lacours but anyways you left le a year ago today man congratulations it, it's a little bittersweet though right it's a little bittersweet. Like for me, it was just over a year and people say like, Oh, yep. Do you miss it? I you, bet you can't. Mi- I still miss it, man. I miss the fun stuff. I miss the car chases. I miss the, the fun stuff. You know what I mean? The problem solving, like being able to go to a crisis and actually, uh, use your skills and that kind of thing. And I miss the camaraderie a little bit too, and actually a lot, but I definitely miss it. But yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. I enjoy, uh, I enjoy what I do. I, uh, I really do. I like what i do and i I, you know we'll talk about work here in a little bit because you guys don't care about work as much you know but the fact that a lot of you guys uh you know check in sometimes with that kind of stuff does does mean a lot to me uh is this another one did you did you do two really two super chats Well, all right thanks man appreciate that maybe you didn't i don't i don't know uh all right this one's from view at your own risk i came across your social media because i was looking for some home maintenance uh you share the little details which makes all the difference so yeah appreciate that man i try and uh i definitely uh i definitely want to do more on patreon it's just uh we have to try to figure out what we can do okay i'm sorry i was back in the comments checking up but i'm not trying to pressure you into doing two super things but i do appreciate it uh all right i uh yeah, the Einstein theory. Yep, when we have new people coming in for sure. All right, this one's from Gerald. Can you recommend a company to buy gun insurance from? Are you referring to liability insurance or the coverage of the items themselves? Let me know and then we can talk more about that. All right, this one's from Oh my goodness. Are you serious? You're getting a Platypus. I'm jealous, man. I the only thing holding me back is I'm waiting for their RMR cut slides to come out. But for those of you guys that don't know, at NRA, I did a short with stealth arms and they have this gun called the Platypus. And it's a 1911 double stack. And I know what you're thinking, big deal. But this one takes Glock mags. Yeah, I know. You know, and like some people in the comments of that are like, why would you blah, 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 blah. And it's like, so let me get this straight. A Glock magazine. Because it's known for being expensive, unreliable, and hard to get. Oh, wait. No, a Glock mag. They're cheap. They're reliable. They're easy to find. Like, it seems pretty cool. And I got to say, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. When I held those guns at the NRA show, they felt really nice. Especially for, what do they start at? 1400 1500 They felt really nice. I'm going to order one. I've tried to reach out for, like, a media sample. And uh, the owner, which, Tim, if you're watching uh basically it's like they're busy enough they don't need a ton of help marketing or whatever which is a good problem for them to have but i'm probably going to order one as soon as the arm cut version comes out and then uh we can go from there so but it it's uh it's tough because it's you know it it's re- it seems like a reliable gun they're comfortable the grip angle was good and they take glock magazines which everybody has a ton of like I am yeah you'll have to let me know will you please send me a message or you know post on the page or whatever and let me know how it runs for you but yeah pretty excited for you man I think that's pretty cool uh yeah and the bull oh my gosh you're right totally bull armory stuff is amazing uh for those of you guys that aren't familiar with them they make 2011 style guns or 1911 double stacks which that's a whole nother topic as far as the terminology but uh they're made in Israel again, quality is really good. I'm going to be getting a bull armory. I can't remember which model, but I want to say it's around their four and a quarter, uh, one of their guns to do a review on. And every time I've handled one, talked to other people again, very impressed. I'm looking forward to getting a bull as well, because, uh, I think, I think it'll be really, really good. Uh, all right. Now let's see here. What's it's popping. What's popping. Am I popping? Am I being too loud? Is that what you mean by popping the audio? Should I turn it down just a hair? Let me, uh, do that. So I, now we're down at 95. So hopefully, uh, it doesn't, uh, pop as much here, but let me know what you're thinking. And then as far as the insurance question, I don't know if, if that worked out as well, but we'll see what we come up with. Uh, this is from Ryan, my top five gun tubers. Um, well, obviously everybody watches grand thumb. He's just entertaining. He's actually a really personable guy. I met him at SHOT Show. We did a short little reel together. We joked around. Super nice guy. So I got to give props to Grand Thumb. I really do. Um, Ultimate Reloader, uh, Gavin, you know, for like precision rifle stuff. I really enjoy watching him. Um, yeah, I'd watch some Sage stuff for that technical, although he's pretty much Patreon only now. Uh, the Humble Marksman, I like watching his stuff. Tactical Considerations. Uh, Roger from QVO Tactical. Got to hang out with him after shot. I was actually in a class teaching or um, in Nevada. Uh, I was teaching in Nevada, whatever metro area. Uh, the name is escaping me. And uh, he's from there. We got to link up. We had dinner. So, again, uh, those will be some of mine. I'm trying to think who else I tune into on a regular basis for gun stuff. Uh, I'll have to look at my subscriptions. But uh, those are some of the regular ones that I try to interact with and try to catch up on see what they're doing. Um, uh hop uh, hoplophile i met him at a media event last week uh i like watching his stuff uh some um i'm trying to think of some other ones but yeah so i don't know who are your favorites i mean sound off in the comment section below but uh those are some of the other ones that i really like uh this one is from nicholas from facebook i know red dots on pistols are their own sighting systems that exist on a different plane however the deep optic cut and optics in lower deck we get to the point where it's on the same plane hang on. Do we get to a point where it's on the same plane and co-witnesses identical with irons? We're getting close, but no. And the reason I'll say this is that uh, the EPS, which I do love, because you can put an EPS on like a Glock 43 MOS, uh, for example, and then you have just standard sights. But those standard sights are still at the bottom, let's just call it like the bottom eighth, maybe bottom sixth of the window. And I still want to ideally be in the center of the window. Now, If I zero everything and I have point of aim, point of impact at 10 yards, yes, things are on about that. They will look like everything's lined up. However, that's not how I want to present. When I present and I'm actually looking at my target 10 yards out, that front sight is going to be just a little bit proud and that dot is going to be in the center window. So yes, technically we might be getting closer to that, but that's not from a practice of how I would actually, you know, want to shoot things like that. So, but yeah, good, uh, Good question. Oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. The popping. I got you. I got it. But yeah, great question. Great question. All right. Let's let's see here. Good to know about the Liberators. I've heard good things about uh, TCI. So glad to hear the customer service was great. I do want to try a set of the Safari Lands. I think they would be pretty good. Um, Battery and modularity. Let's see here. Sword and Supreme. Yep. I do have a pair of sword the only thing that I've had, I've killed like two sword with the battery contacts. Cause you have to like, you know, push the battery in and then kind of stack it or whatever. So I've had those contacts break on at least two sets. I, I bought, I bought maybe six sets of sword uh, four that I gave to my staff when I was doing more training stuff. And then ironically uh, two that my kids have now, but uh, that was my only hesitation with the sword. so I wouldn't mind the battery Modularity upgrade, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, liqueurs got it. And I believe it's Chris, is your first name, right? Chris in Arms. Uh, there was a time I would have done Ellie. Oh my gosh, I know it, man. I remember that too. I, uh, I definitely remember that. And hey, liqueurs, thank you very much for the couple bucks. I really appreciate it. And coverage of the guns. I'm assuming that is a YouTube channel. I have to double check. About yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. I need comms and I found the uh, full JTAC package. So yeah, if you need comms, uh what I would uh probably look at is like the auto I can't remember what they call their their com model. Uh otherwise um opscore and makes a com set in I really wish I could remember that company because I gave them some feedback about like a patrol focused headset and they were going to bring that product to production. But, uh, but yeah, and the color I, I picking up what you're putting down now. So usually when I hear of like popping uh, people talk about like your audio is popping or whatever, but yeah, I love this color. Like I got some coolers coming. I got more, you know, gl- uh, drinkware and all that stuff. So I'm pretty pumped. Again, if you guys want to buy Yeti stuff, please use my link. I really do appreciate it. And uh yeah i you know we get a little kickback and actually i'm going to be doing a review on the yeti luggage uh 100 flight review of the yeti luggage because all the other luggage reviews that were out there are like paid yeti ambassadors and like one guy did a review and the silica gel and the tags were still on it so it's like dude you didn't even use that crap come on but i gotta say the yeti luggage is actually uh pretty nice it surprised me and i agree man uh hop is turning into one of your favorite gun tubers yeah and brass facts uh but uh i don't know what hop's background is or brass facts i think brass facts was military Uh, but what i like about hop is uh he's not afraid to just call it like it is and uh, i actually enjoyed hanging out with him at this media event that we can't really talk about but uh yeah good good dude oh yeah tfb tv gosh i love james and hop i love those guys they're gonna be at TriggerCon. so yes uh t-rex grand thumb classic firearms mac and actually i met the classic firearms guys too so yeah a lot of cool dudes uh speaking of which if you guys are in the midwest i would really 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 encourage you guys to come to TriggerCon. it's going to be in wichita kansas and we are shaping up to have one heck of an awesome show i am kind of helping out a little bit which uh well we could talk a little bit about but uh we have some amazing exhibitors lined up like seriously the names that you want to see they are coming and and they're booking more and more every week but it's going to be in wichita kansas in actually the metro area it's going to be a see it then shoot it event so two days of the show then it transitions to a range day at an absolutely amazing facility which i wish i lived closer because that that range facility is awesome uh really really cool range tickets are like 25 bucks. I'll have a link when we the show up live, but it's awesome. I think it's going to be worth, worth the trip for a lot of people to make the drive. So if you guys are anywhere near Wichita, I would love to see you. We can do a meet and greet. I'll give away some patches. We can hang out, but let me know if you guys would want to go. Uh, it's going to be awesome. September 22nd through the 24th this year, and I'll be putting promos throughout the videos and we'll have links and all that other stuff too. But September 22 through the 24th, Boom, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Another quick shout-out is we have a new sponsor for this month's QA, and that is Global Ordnance, your one-stop shop for all of your ammunition and firearms needs. They carry it, they import, they export, they have all the brands that you know and love, plus some brands that you've never heard of that are really uh, solid and very well-priced. That's Global Ordnance. They're going to be supplying the prize this month, and they are going to be a future sponsor of the show, helping me out with ammunition, which is huge. So awesome people at Global Ordnance, awesome stuff and I'm super happy to have them as a partner. All right, let's get back to it. Uh, this is from Croak, I've got the SCS on the PDP and uh, using stock sites, they're higher than the window. So yeah, we, we are, I agree, we are getting close. And I like to have me, my I, personal opinion, as I want those sites at the very, very bottom of that window, taking up as less space as possible or least amount of space. And they are just truly there as a backup, right? That's That's what I like. All right. Uh, This is Tangan's Fives Such. Oh, I forget. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I get a little, you know, I get a little suched out. Uh, Fuller Phoenix. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. Demo Ranch. He always uh, makes some entertaining videos. Uh, Of course. Clint. Yes. Warrior Poet. Yep. John, of course. Can't forget about him. And uh, there's this guy in Minnesota. I'm not sure who that is, but appreciate it. True story for the non-Minnesotans that are watching, when I travel, nobody knows what a meat raffle is. I'll do a separate video on maybe a meat raffle, but I do appreciate, uh, I appreciate the love. But yeah, you mentioned some really good ones too. And Mr. Guns and Gear. Yep. All right. Maybe if Mike will see this or not, but I do a a Mr. I do impressions. You guys, I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, In one of my videos, I did an Arnold impression, but uh, sometimes, uh, I wanted to do like a parody video of like my favorite YouTubers and it'd be like, welcome back everybody today. We're going to be talking about, and that's kind of my Mr. Guns and gear. So I don't know. I like to have a little fun. All right. Uh, when you're considering a headset with comms, make sure that you got a guy that can advise you on mic types. Yeah. Because obviously, uh, it can, it is the compatibility issues. There's impedance issues and all that stuff. I'm a radio nerd. At least I used to be, but you're totally, totally right. All right. We're caught up on comments. Awesome. Let me get to a couple other questions quick. Can you give an update on finding a red dot as you have a stigma with your vision? And, uh, I clarified he does mean in the stigmatism. And obviously for those of you guys that follow, you know, that I went to my eye doctor not that long ago. Cause I posted a picture of me with a firearm and that weird camera thingy one, two, you know, the optometry tool, whatever. And, uh, I figured out that my astigmatism was getting to the point where I wanted to try prescription shooting glasses. So I went in, we figured out what my prescription is. I got some shooting glasses made up from Rudy Project, which by the way, if you guys are looking for a sweet code, all of the Patreon supporters have access to it. But loyal QA on people watchers, if you send me a message, I'll get you the code, but it's 35% off, which is pretty solid for all Rudy Project stuff. And I got to say it made a difference. I had them at my first class last, it was April. Uh, I just got them in. I, I wore them to uh, teaching a class in April, and it did make a difference as far as crisp of the dot and just how how it just sharpened up everything. I still have pretty good vision, but man, it did uh, it did make a difference it, enough that I don't want to admit that I liked it as much as I did because I don't want to have to rely on prescription glasses or correction or whatever. But uh, don't be afraid to see your eye doctor if you're not picking up you know the dot crisp if it looks like that smear or that burst or whatever, uh, as far as general picking up the dot, uh, I would 100% encourage you to take a good quality class because it is so much in the grip and the presentation of finding the dot. A lot of people think like there's some weird magic thing, but in reality it's grip presentation. The dot is there. So we can talk more about that maybe in a future video and, oh yeah, there we go. So your side hustle is a comms guy and uh, oh my gosh yes even the motorola space there's not compatibilities between this radio and that radio and and all that so but yeah if uh if you have any you know connections for ear pro or something shoot me a message let me know we can talk more uh this one is from roger i have a canic tp9 sa with a mechanic optic on it the rear side had to be removed so it doesn't co-witness it's kind of hard to find the dot without moving my gun around yeah so roger honestly what it's going to be man is uh, building your grip. And so here's what I tell people. If you can present out and you find the dot, right? And you kind of take a mental snapshot of what a good presentation, what your good grip, everything feels like, and close your eyes and then rewind the gun and then come back out and find that same mental snapshot. Open your eyes. The dot should be relatively close. It might not be exact, but that's what it's going to be. The problem is, is that you're looking for the dot most likely. Right, So when I teach red dot classes, I teach people the three struggles are this, finding the dot, tracking the dot, and reducing dot movement. So finding the dot initially, and then after recoil, tracking that dot, and then number three is just when you're holding it out there, that dot moves all around. So we want to reduce that dot movement. And a lot of that is going to be in our grip and our presentation. So like I said, a lot to kind of get into, but I would totally uh, recommend a good quality red dot class and it's all going to be with building that grip, that presentation, understanding what the different parts of the hand do for our grip building, what our presentation does. And for me, I'm focused on my target. So I'm looking at my target 10, 15, 20 yards away, whatever it might be. And as I present then that window is there and the dot just drops right in i'm not looking for the dot my presentation with good deliberate practice is right there so where that dot presents itself but yeah great question it's a complicated topic the reason why it's so hard to find is because all it takes is a few degrees tilting one way or the other and that whole dot disappears so it has to be there at that presentation but really a good question probably a little bit more um complicated but yeah so like croak is gonna he has a comment about pinky pressure and how i break down the grip is top fingers bottom fingers thumb and i talk about in the classes what these top fingers do what the bottom fingers do because for me uh, it's not just pinky pressure because when i tighten up this pinky my ring finger goes with it and most people is as well so that's why i kind of break them up into top fingers bottom fingers thumb And then once you kind of add the top finger pressure to build for recoil management, the bottom finger pressure to get more leverage, that'll cause that gun to kind of plane out and level out. And then we also have to build in friction with our thumb and a little bit of heel pressure for a 360-degree friction grip on there. And uh, Scott Jadlinski, again, I'm fortunate enough to start to call him a friend. We've gotten to hang out a little bit. Uh, he is big on the pinky pressure, which is what I call the bottom fingers. So, anyways, uh, yeah, is uh, give that a try. We can, like I said, we can maybe do another video about that. So, good, good question, really good question. All right, uh, hey, super chat, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, oh yes, this was about your screw question. So, this was a question. I'm pretty sure. You were. I want to make sure I get all the usernames right. But right, you were talking about the metric versus American Threads or whatever. Which let's just talk about that now, since we got it up there. Uh, he emailed me uh, regarding that, and it is uh, basically he had. M5 that was not quite threading in. Well, it turns out there were 1032 screws. And whenever you're looking for a screw, if you're gonna go to a hardware store or something like that, try to take the device with you if you can and actually match the screws because it might thread once or twice, but after that it's gonna bind. And I have seen it to where people will even put an M3 screw, a metric three screw in a 632 hole and with enough Loctite and Vibratite or whatever gummed on there, it actually kind of goes in and then they think it fits and it's actually not the right screws. So some gun companies use metric, some use American standard, some use 632, 640, uh, eight, you know, it, there's, it's all over the place. And that's the problem is there's not specific standards. So you really do have to make sure, um, that you're using the right screws and as always check with the manufacturer but yeah it is uh, it is difficult but yeah hey thank you very much for the uh for the tip i do appreciate it and obviously i'm glad it worked out for you that you're able to get those screws and and go from there so uh this is from tangan again i had to take my mro off yeah just because you saw that slash yep absolutely absolutely so and some people will see different things like some people really like Trigicon. some people really like holosun some people really like the Loophole. Uh, the aim point for me, ironically, with no correction is a super crisp dot. So I picked up an Acro P2 and that thing, I don't need it. it. That one is a really, really nice, nice, uh, emitter. Uh, yeah. And a pistol shooters, number one adversary, sympathetic tightening. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot in the classes as well. Let me see where we were on questions. This one is from Kevin. Uh, and I do have to wrap up our live stream here in about 15 minutes, give or take and that'll put us at about an hour. Is there a favorite duty grade AR trigger that I like? What features do I like about that? And is there anyone out there that explains the mechanics? Well, let's start backwards. Uh, as far as the mechanics, uh, I don't know. There are certain armor classes that I've taken, like Greg Sullivan from the defensive edge does a really nice job. I've taken a lot of armorers classes through him. I think he probably does a, a great job as anybody. Uh, School of the American Rifle does a nice job. I haven't taken his classes, but I've watched his content and we've messaged a little bit. Uh, so I, I do have a lot of good things to say about him just on my you know, limited interaction. I'd love to take an armorers class from him, but I think he does a really nice job and I would anticipate he would. So as far as the mechanics between a single stage and a double stage. And as you probably know, Kevin, I know you're a, uh, you know, a gun nerd like me engineering uh, background that you have. Some of the two stage triggers out there actually aren't two stages. For those of you guys that don't know, a two stage generally has a first stage where it's a take up it hits a wall. And then we break that second stage and it'll fire the shot. Most traditional AR triggers are a single stage where basically we just have to break through that wall and break the shot. Right. And, uh, you know, so that is, the traditions. Uh, now with that, we, uh, hang on one sec here, guys, I got to send a text, uh, with that, uh, some two stage triggers, two stage triggers out there basically just have like a spring resistance before you hit that wall. So it's just the same as a, a single stage trigger, except for they just kind of add this movement or a spring. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's probably the, the part of it. Now, uh, as far as my favorites, uh, obviously Geisley. I love Geisley triggers. The G2S is a great trigger. The, uh, what is their other one? What's their nicer one? Oh shoot. I'm having another brain fart. Their nicer one. The SSA SSA and the SSAE. uh, those are all great triggers. Love Geisley stuff. Generally speaking for a rock solid duty gun or whatever, I'm probably going to run a, a SSA, uh, Or an ssae if i had to pick just one trigger that'd probably be it uh the larue trigger is very nice as well i didn't like the trigger shoe as much but as far as the break and the feel larue was a really nice trigger Um, trigger tech just came out with a new duty line of series triggers and they're a drop-in cassette style trigger and they feel great i'm going to get one to actually run hard hopefully this summer but when i saw those at the show i was really impressed with what what i saw the um the manufacturing process, how they're doing that to keep the price down, that trigger tech, I feel like is going to be one to keep an eye on, their duty line of trigger. So that looks really, really good. Uh, other ones, um, single stage, that's a hyperfire, uh, blackout defense. Again, I believe that's a single stage. Stern defense makes a double stage, which looks great. And I'm also might be trying one from Extreme Shooter Supply. I can't remember what their what their thing is, but uh, those would be probably some of my favorites. What was the other part of your question, Kevin. Uh, What features do I like? Oh, the features that I like about it is, number one, they just generally work. They're reliable, they're rugged, and they're they're priced pretty well. Other features that I like with those triggers is the stages are uh, relatively generous. And what I mean by that is that some two-stage triggers, it's just a little bit and a little bit. I like a stage where I actually have to take up and then I hit that definable wall and I still have a crisp break. Some of the other two-stage sugars on the market, like I said, it's either just like a spring, so it's kind of spongy, and then the break is kind of mushy. But I like, you know, taking it up so we actually have a break and then or excuse me, take up and then we have a break. But those are some of the things I like. Uh, maybe we can do another focused video. I can add it to the list. I'm so many videos behind though, that I feel like if I keep saying, add it to the list, it's just gonna never happen. But yeah, uh, SSAE, the LaRue, you guys are, you guys are spot on, you guys are spot on. Let me uh, hop back to the questions here quick. I uh, hope you're well. My name is Christian, big fan. I appreciate that man Work in Ellie in California, California, come on. See, there's another Arnold impression and noticed an indent on the optic plate uh on this dawson plate that would affect the rmrs as a bottom uh basically what he's talking about and i don't have a picture of it but the some of the i can't remember if it's the current or the older generation dpo plates which is dawson's plates for the 2011s it had like a little cutout and i can't remember if that was for a spare battery i was going to see if i had one around and i didn't and I was going to clarify it. But like I said, some of their other plates don't have that. It's just machined flat, which I think is the newer one. And I can't remember if it was meant to carry a spare battery, which I think is what it was, but I want to double check. But obviously, m- with the RMR, it has a bottom mounted battery. We always have to make sure that we are uh, you know, supporting that so that way you don't have that bounce issue, which could cause some reliability with the RMR. Not to say anything bad about the RMR. It's a great optic, and I arguably will give it credit for really pushing pistol mounted optics to where we are now uh yes there was some of the old stuff like the doctor and all that other stuff but let's be honest like most of you guys watching what was the first optic that you mounted on a pistol slide it was probably an rmr or what was the first one that you saw mounted on a, a slide it was probably an rmr when the rmr came out it wasn't really meant for that it's a ruggedized miniature rifle sight or reflex sight and uh it was designed to go like piggyback on a cogs and stuff like that. And then people are like, Hey, I bet you, we can mount these to slides. And that's, let's give credit where credit is due. The RMR, I think arguably gets a lot of credit for, for doing that. So, all right, let's take a look out here. Uh, best aftermarket Glock trigger. Ooh, that's a good one. Best aftermarket. I don't, I, I've tried a few and I've had math results, uh, right now I have a Steel City that I like. Um honestly, for bang for buck, I still go with some of the flat face from Tango Down, and that's just a basic trigger, and I'll use a Glock minus connector and I'll still get that good reliability that I like, but it's not super crisp um because it's still a Glock trigger, if you will. Uh, I do want to spend some more time with the Timney. I don't have a ton of time behind that, so I wouldn't mind checking one of those out. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um Glocktriggers.com, I think I've played with a little bit and had good luck with, but truth be told, usually what I, I end up doing for a Glock trigger is I just clean it up myself. I put a Glock factory minus connector in. And then if I want to run a flat face, which I personally prefer, uh, I do have a couple of steel city metal flat face triggers, which are nice, but the problem that the only thing I don't like about the steel city, I like the take up uh distance that it travels, but It's definitely I lose some of that Glock wall because even though Glock isn't really a two stage, you do kind of have that take up, you hit the wall, you can break the shot. And with the Steel City, it's all kind of a a more speed bump type system. I don't have as much, so it's kind of just like like that versus take up and then break, even though Glock Glock triggers are kind of mushy to begin with. But those would be some, that's what I, so like I said, tango down for a flat face. And I usually do a Glock minus connector, clean it up, do a little polishing, make sure there's no burrs, all that stuff. But I should probably do some more digging, but I don't know. Glock triggers are what they are. Uh, So that's that. Uh, DeGrawl, guns out range days, August 8th. Hoping they will have, oh, really? Um, I got to give those guns out guys credit. They're really growing fast and they make really high quality content. I should reach out to them see if they want to come to trigger con. That's a good call. And then uh, hop or brass recently alluded that the emitter position has a bearing on how it does. I'll have to, you know what? I should test that. That's a good question. I might have to run that by some of the tech people in there as well. All right. Uh, any tips on shooting a two stage trigger fast and uh, yeah, just practice. Uh, I, I'm able to shoot those pretty quick. Obviously, what I would love for a two-stage trigger to do is that when I reset, it goes right to that second stage, but a lot of them, you still have to go through that first stage. But yeah, just practice. And I mean, really though, how fast do you want to go? Like, you know, what are your splits and, and go from there? A nice, light, crisp single stage obviously is going to be a little quicker or a competition focused two-stage like the AR Gold, which has just a smidgen of a stage and then a break, but it's very light, crisp that, you know, it's kind of a comp- more competition focused trigger and overwatch makes a nice trigger i'll have to check them out i'll have to add that to the list so yeah and work in the wall yep exactly work in the wall all right let me answer a couple more email questions quick uh let me make sure we got that one we just did this one's from reed is the dlc worth getting over a stainless i think so it's not that much i would definitely check it out with from staccato i like it uh staccato offers a frame service i was not familiar with that uh I, yeah, I didn't know if they did a frame service or not. So with that, I would say, uh, the new texture on the the current grips from Staccato was pretty nice. And if you wanted it more, you know, textury, you could either look at danger close or Macmillan stipple works. I have it work done by both companies. They do awesome work. I've done videos on both, but both of those guys do great, great work. They just have a little different stipple. If you wanted it for a 2011, uh, other part of your question, how difficult is it to conceal using an owb holster uh it's going to be harder because it's a bigger gun but appendix it could certainly be good and it'd be a great duty competition gun it would be no problem there and what parts uh firing pin firing pin spring recoil spring and you can go through thousands of of rounds man i I mean that um i've gone through i mean i have one staccato that i'm going to do a cleaning video on my staccato p that thing has well over ten thousand rounds uh probably closer to 15 and i have not cleaned it really very much in that cycle things filthy but that was my primary training gun teaching gun Uh, if i did local matches all that kind of stuff that thing was just my rock solid workhorse and i bought that in 2020 and it has been like i said a beast so i'm due to clean that it is filthy there's sludge and gunk in there but i haven't broken a single thing on it it's been awesome but as far as maintenance It's due for a recoil spring. It's due for, uh, probably I'll throw a firing pin spring in there. I'll check the other springs, double check the extractor. You know, the thing is, is that some of it is drop in like springs, but other stuff does require fitting and tuning. So there's that. Last question quick is, uh, this is from Jamie. I've got into a rut of teaching, not shooting or training. What are some tips or rules that I use to make sure that I'm staying at the top of your education and still enjoying the sport of shooting? And I'll be honest, man, it's tough. It's easy to get in a rut because when I was teaching, when I was on a a super busy kick the last few months, it was tough for me to get into the enjoyment of it because it was just travel, teach, travel, teach, travel, teach. And I didn't get a chance to practice or really shoot for fun, but try to find something that's fun for you. For me, that's precision rimfire. And I just got back from a match with Dustin and I forgot how fun it is. I haven't shot a rimfire match in two years and I sucked at the last one, but I had a lot of fun doing it because I was hanging out with good people yeah, there was a challenge. Yeah. There was frustrating stages. Yes. I wish I could have shot more. So it was cool that we got to do a class the next day, but that for me was fun. It was fun. Try to make the people involved, try to spend time with people that you enjoy on the shooting sport. And that'll kind of help it there. And then try to figure out like what it is that you enjoy, because that's the ultimately the thing that's going to get to you. And if you burn yourself out, it's a tough thing to recover, man. Uh, burns, leave scars, and burnout leaves scars, no matter what anybody says. And that's a reality with a lot of things, right? If you burn yourself out, it's tough to recover from that. And some people don't. Like I know some people who, like Dust and I were talking about this, people that we used to shoot with, and they're gone. They're, they don't shoot anymore. They're off to doing other things or whatever. They got fried, and uh, it's it's tough to it's tough to recover from that. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I think we're caught up on comments. That's all the questions. Let me throw up the rules here quick. Let me give a huge thanks again to Global Ordnance. They're your one-stop shop. I'll have a code for free shipping for all of my viewers as well. So if you wanted to order a case of certain supplies, uh, you're going to get free shipping with orders over a certain amount, and that way it'll make it worth it for you, which is pretty awesome because free shipping is free shipping, right? So that's from Global Ordnance. And these are the rules for the QA. While I go ahead and select a random comment and or random question. Let's go ahead and select our random comment and or question so we can go ahead and pick a prize. And boom. That was the really like Mr. Guns and Gear comment from Croak. So, Croak, what you need to do is you need to email us and you can use the email address shown on your screen, which is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Uh send me like a screenshot of your username, whatever, so we know that it's you. And Croak, you are uh, the winner. And uh, Global Ordinance is going to be sending out a prize to you. Make sure, obviously, you're in the United States and you're capable of receiving things. Uh, You're an adult, all that good stuff. I can't say what the prize is, but you know what Global Ordinance sells. You have probably a pretty good idea of what you won. So thank you guys very, very much. I really appreciate all the support, all the super thanks, uh, everything there. And let me make sure we're caught up on comments, but I think we are good to go. So I think we're going to call this show. Again, if you guys want to see your question, go ahead and uh, send an email. Otherwise you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook. That'll take us to pretty much right at the hour. And I appreciate everybody's support. This was a really fun live stream. I loved interacting with everybody. And hopefully we can do some of this more often. Uh, what would you guys think of a a more regular live thing? Like I know we did the what's up Wednesday. So maybe we'll do maybe that like in a live format because I don't have to edit it. I can just basically come on board, hit publish and uh, it's done. So yeah, think about it. Let me know, leave comments, all that other stuff go from there. And yes, I will have a Strybog. No, it's, you did not win a Strybog. Uh, you did not win a Strybog. Uh, but, uh, something that, you know, might be the Strybog might consume, you know, a few of those things. So, all right, guys, take care. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching and have a great day. Let me go ahead and smile for my thumbnail. There's my thumbnail. I'll take a free shot of that later and, uh, we'll go from there. All right. Thanks guys. Take care.